This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. We've been talking about corporate welfare. I guess there's a question of whether what Brad Wall is offering uh, to, to specific companies to move from Alberta to Saskatchewan is corporate welfare. Uh, I think we can all agree that giving money directly to companies is what we consider to be corporate welfare. And it's become a grand tradition, I, I think, on two fronts in this country, certainly Bombardier in Quebec and the auto industry in Ontario. News today that Ford Motor Company, as part of a $1.2 billion project in Canadian operations over the next four years, are going to receive about $200 million from both the Ontario and federal governments, $100 million from each. So they're going to be... Um, Expanding, I guess, uh, in a research and development center in Ottawa. They're going to be um, building a new V8 engine at their Essex engine plant uh, near Windsor. So what are we to make of this? Obviously, southwestern Ontario very much connected to the auto industry. And there's certainly votes to be gained as a politician to making sure that that industry continues to exist. That keeps jobs, maybe even adds jobs. But is this the way to do it? Joining us uh, for some thoughts, Aaron Woodrow joins us, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Aaron, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. Well, on and on it goes. Um, what do you make of this announcement today? Well, it is pretty infuriating. I mean, the argument for Bombardier, of course, was that it's struggling and it needed the money to survive. Uh, with Ford, I mean, you've got basically the opposite. Uh, this is a company that profited ten, more than $10 billion U.S. in 2015, Rob. So this is not a company short on money. Um, and it is a little bit strange that the federal and Ontario governments feel the need to give them money when they'd already committed. They'd already made commitments to make investments in Ontario. So it is a head-scratcher. Um, as you say, it's a long-standing tradition, so it's not surprising in that sense. But it is very disappointing. This is a new government in Ottawa now that insists it's going to do things differently. It's going to try innovative approaches. Yet this is the same old thing that we've seen for basically half a century. Right. Now, obviously, the positive spin we're going to get from this is that, you know, this is uh, a big investment from Ford. They're spending a lot of money uh, in Ontario. This is going to create jobs. So this this is what we constantly hear. So how, how do we look at it through that lens, though? Well, I think the temptation uh, for people who try and put a positive spin on corporate welfare is to point out who benefits, right? And of course, if you're on the receiving end of free money, you're going to be pretty happy about it. The question, of course, the, the thing that no one talks about is who's paying the bill? How does it affect the rest of us? Um, you know, do people in one part of the country have to pay so people in other parts of the country benefit? I think that's a, that's a big problem. And the other way to look at it is this. I mean, just because you go to the casino and win the jackpot once does not mean you should always go to the casino every day and spend all the money you have. That seems to be the way governments view some of these quote-unquote investments is because some of them work out it means it's a good idea to, to spray money around every time they can find someone who will take it now how do we look at a company like ford obviously we've seen that the auto industry and these companies have gone through some some tough times but ford has done relatively well and if you look more recently as you point out in your press release today uh ford uh, in 2015 earned a global pre-tax profit of more than 10 billion dollars what why do they need 200 million dollars from ontario canadian taxpayers 
Well, the short answer is, of course, they don't need it, uh, but they can get it. And so they'll ask for it and they can sort of hint, hint to the government that, you know, it would be awfully nice if we got some free money. And if we didn't, we might uh, consider moving somewhere else. So, you know, in that way, although they never explicitly make the threat, it is essentially a bribe to get companies to stay. And some people will say, well, that's fine. That's the price we have to pay. But my question is, where does this stop? What, what signal does this send to other businesses? Other large businesses might say, hey, this is the idea. We've got to start making these hints to government. We'll get free money. That could become a very expensive proposition for taxpayers. Well, sure it can. I mean, what, what, what business is going to say no to free money from government? Not all businesses are going cap in hand to government looking for it. But if, if government's willing to throw money at you, most businesses aren't, aren't going to turn that down. No, absolutely. And that, to me, is probably the worst evil of corporate welfare is the business culture it creates, Rob. It it sends a signal to businesses that the way to get ahead in this country is to suck up to government for free money. Rather than focusing on what they're selling and keeping their customers happy, they're going cap in hand to government. And it it leads otherwise good businesses to start doing this as well. And I think that, that is the thing that's most dangerous in the end. All right. So, what, do we know where this money's going? I mean, the, the, these are these direct grants too. First of all, yeah, these are apparently up grants. That's one of the things that uh, the Trudeau government changed. The Harper government had been giving loans to the auto sector. Um, they have now changed them to grants, and so they don't have to be repaid at all. And uh, you know, they, Ford is investing. In, you know, they're building some some new facilities in Ontario. That's a good thing. Uh, but as I said, they'd already committed to do that. This is money that uh, the government is just giving them after the fact, which makes no sense whatsoever. All right. So what do we need to do instead? Because, uh, uh, look, if if the auto industry thinks that Canada is a good place to do business and they're willing to, to invest here, uh, that's great. I mean, that, that should apply to any industry. I don't know that we need to be picking winners or losers. So what, what, what's a reasonable response to, from government then? Yeah, well, I think what the government would say is we need to be competitive, right? And we would agree. And there's more than one way to do that. You can either give companies free money or you can lower taxes so that any business that actually makes money can just keep more of it. So there's two ways to to approach this, and we prefer the the latter way. Uh, And it's very ironic in Ontario. I mean, we have a government here that has driven up costs. It's very expensive to do business in Ontario. Um, And then they turn around and say they have to subsidize businesses to say, well, if you didn't make it expensive to do business in the first place, you wouldn't have to subsidize them. And I think that, frankly, is is the much safer and, and sustainable approach in the long run. It's lower cost across the board for all businesses. And they don't take this approach to all industries. I mean, it seems that there's something very special and unique about aerospace in Quebec or the auto industry in Ontario. Where, where is it written uh, that, that those industries are, are more important than others or that they must exist in these specific locations forever and always? Well, of course, the answer is they aren't. Uh, economically, there's no difference between airplanes and car making than any other industry. Uh, but of course, politically, it's a different story. You know, Ontario and Quebec, very, you know, highly populated provinces. They have a lot of political power, Rob, as, as we all know, and uh, they are able to bend politicians to their will. And I, that to me is, is a big problem. Uh, you know, we're a group that's very much for free enterprise, though we, we support the free market. Uh, this is not free enterprise. This is not the market. This is crony capitalism. This is large businesses bending the rules and getting special favors, and it's something we certainly don't support. All right, well, more at taxpayer.com. Aaron, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate this. Thanks for having me, Rob. All right, Aaron Woodrick uh, with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. He's their national director. So their reaction to the fact that $100 million from Ottawa, $100 million from the Ontario government are going to Ford Canada, a successful automaking company. Now, I guess you can argue, though, that the payoff is that that Ford's going to be investing a lot of money in Ontario. 
So the Golden Mail describes it here. Again, Ford will establish a research and development center in Ottawa as part of its $1.2 billion investment in Canadian operations over the next four years. They're going to begin building a new V8 engine at the Essex Engine Plant. The new center in Ottawa will hire 295 engineers. Ford will establish satellite engineering centers in Waterloo and Oakville. Uh, the Minister of on- uh, Ontario's Minister of Economic Development says this is, uh, in a sense, where a traditional auto sector meets our new economy auto sector in a really sweet spot for where you can see auto's, uh, Ontario's auto, sect- auto sector heading. Ford is preserving its traditional manufacturing base here in Windsor, which is great news considering it's a plant that a number of years ago was seen by many as dead and gone. Uh, and look, I mean, my wife has family in, in Windsor, and a lot of them worked in the auto sector. And so I certainly know that the pain that that industry has gone through there in its history in Windsor. So how do we look at this? Do we look at this as an investment by these levels of government? Or is this, as, as Aaron Woodrick described it, crony capitalism? 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Well, welcome back. 403-974-TALK is a number. You can call us, text us. You can also email rob at newstalk770.com. Uh, this one from Paul says, Rob, I'm wondering if this would fly. I'd like to see a provincial sales tax, but every penny goes into the Alberta Heritage Fund. Writing of the economic ups and downs would be easier, even psychologically, knowing we have that cushion. But any government that squanders it uh, should be sued. It's an interesting idea. Uh, I think maybe a... a we could tweak that a little bit and just say all energy revenues are going to go into the Heritage Trust Fund because those, there's certainly more up and down with those. Uh, and then in place of that, you could put in a provincial sales tax. Like I said earlier, I'd certainly support a PST if we're going to lower income and corporate taxes, which are more damaging to the economy. I think it's unfortunate that we have that kind of distortionary tax system. And the government made it worse by raising both corporate and income taxes. Look, maybe I'm not as big an admirer of Brad Wall than, than some of you are, simply because I don't know that he's really done all that much in Saskatchewan, despite, what is he now, in his third majority. Saskatchewan still has higher taxes than Alberta and spends more per capita than Alberta. Still has far more crown corporations than Alberta, etc. The same token, though, you can look at Rachel Notley's tenure, and if she wants to still talk about Alberta as being a competitive jurisdiction, well, what companies are relocating here? What companies want to move their operations to Alberta? Right, we're talking about whether other jurisdictions might be able to swoop in and steal businesses from us, or whether they're being, I don't know, underhanded in doing so, but that's a separate question. Who's coming here? Who's looking at coming here? And what reason do they have for wanting to come here? Because it seems to me some of those advantages we've had uh, we've erased. I think we've still got a lot going for us. And let's hope that some of these forecasts that suggest Alberta's going to turn itself around uh, do come to fruition. Right. And let's be clear, too, and this is pretty typical of governments. If the Alberta economy turns around, if we start to see growth this year and next year, there's a difference in saying that that's because of this government and in spite of this government. Rachel Notley will do what all governments in the past have done. When things are going well, they take credit. When things are not going well, they blame everybody and everything else. So we've seen for two years, things have not been going well. They want to blame everything and everybody else. When things start going better, are they going to credit others? No, they're going to take the credit for themselves. Let's go back to the phones. This is Doug. Doug, welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Uh, A couple of points I'd like to make. Uh, 
I came here from Saskatchewan 25 years ago. Okay. And at the time, things really weren't all that much different tax-wise, but the attitude was. In Saskatchewan at the time, you had a very big culture of the politics of envy. You have lots of money, so therefore you should be taxed. You were, you know, never mind how you got the money, you know, like, I worked hard for my money. But the opportunity was here much better because of the the attitude towards business. Second thing, um, Sonova's buying out ConocoPhillips here in in Alberta. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that uh, ConocoPhillips was not one of the oil companies that sucked up to Rachel Notley like CNRL and Sonovas did. CNRL and Sonovas don't pay a carbon levy in this province. And I know that for a fact. My oh. wife works for a trucking company. and bol- No, the, the carbon, no, but the, they, hang on, the carbon right. levy is, is, is for consumers. No, the carbon levy is on everything. No, well, there's a separate. This my the, my my, okay. my wife my wife works for a trucking company. They've had bills returned saying remove the carbon levy. We are carbon levy ex- exempt, and that's why Sonovus is buying it up, and that's why ConocoPhillips is selling. Okay, these these they, bigger they, companies they pay up. the the spe- specified gas emitters regulation. Which the uh, it was brought in by the Tories. The NDP is increasing that. That's what these companies pay. But are no, you, you're, you're suggesting levy, that that these specific companies have a carved out exemption for themselves? They do. Investigate it, Rob. They do. They don't pay the carbon levy on anything. Why would That's that why be? By, because they sucked up to Rachel Notley, and they have their special dispensation from the NDP government. Really? That they got a, a sweetheart deal. These two companies. From the government yes. to avoid paying this. C- CNRL and Sonovas don't pay the carbon levy. Hmm. Interesting. Surprised that nobody noticed does. that. And everybody's talking about a PST. What is a carbon levy but a PST on everything? Well, the carbon levy is a carbon levy. A PST is something it, different. A PST, it, it's a tax on everything. Everything. Well, it's clearly, it's not sales. the same. Uh, no, it, well, they called a levy because if they called it a tax, uh, they called it a PST, they'd have to go to a referendum and they know they'd get slaughtered in it. Okay. But it's still a tax on everything. So it's a uh, corporate tax. Right? Corporate taxes make the cost of everything higher. But a corporate tax is not a sales tax. A carbon but, tax is not a sales tax. Taxes make no, things more no, expensive. No, it's, it's, it's not a tax. It's a levy. Because if it was a tax, they'd have to have a referendum to see about a carbon tax. No, they wouldn't. Which they know they'd lose. They don't need to have a referendum on a carbon tax. They need to have a referendum they, on they, a PST. Yes. Well, this way they bring in a PST without having to have a referendum. It's a tax on everything. Period. End of statement. Okay, but it's not a PST. Uh, uh, it's a PST in everything but name. <laughs> Look into it, Rob. I have. I have, Doug. It's a PST in everything but name. It's a tax. It's a tax. It's a tax on everything. Well, but it doesn't apply equally to everything. A, a PST no, does. No, it doesn't. 
Well, so that's that's obviously the difference. It's a tax on something specific, and it makes no, those that, things that are more carbon uh, intensive more expensive. I think we all know that. That's any, the whole point any, of it. Anything, anything that comes to your store has a carbon levy on it, whether it's whether it's laid out right there on the bill, or it's or it's factored into the costs. But either way, you're still paying it. When you buy your groceries, when you buy your gas, when you buy your booze, any how, how do you suppose all, all your goods and goods get to the to the store where you buy them? Doug, nobody's disputing do, that. Do, do, do we have a Star Trek transporter that mysteriously materializes <laughs> everything from the warehouse to the store? Okay, Doug. So no, what's the, what's the rate? By truck. What's the rate what? I'm paying? What's the rate I'm paying on a pair of jeans? On a pair of jeans, I have no idea. Right. What's the GST that I pay on clothes? 5%. Right. That's the difference. What no one's, no one's arguing. No one's arguing with you. Obviously, the point of the carbon tax is to increase the cost of anything that is carbon intensive. Shipping things and to that, stores is carbon intensive. That adds a cost. That's what the carbon tax is. That's what it does. Uh, so let's just tax, call it what it is. It's not a tax. It's a levy. Because <laughs> if it was a tax... We wouldn't pay PS. We wouldn't pay GST on top of okay. it. Okay, but let, let okay. Let if me ask it, it this tax, way, Doug. It would be ta- it would be separate. It is a but tax because it because it's because it's a levy. We pay GST on the carbon levy. Period. Right, and we pay GST on the gasoline tax too. The gasoline excise tax, which well, is called a tax. That's, it's the gasoline excise tax. But, Obviously, Doug, we have a carbon tax. This government could still bring in a PST, right? Well, they've already got a PST. No, but they it's could. Car- it's carbon levy. We could bring in a, a PST. If the government wanted to, they could bring one in, right? They've already got one. It's called a carbon levy. So they couldn't bring in a PST. They've already got a, car- a PST. It's called a carbon levy. <laughs> okay. Doug. Period. <laughs> All right, we're going to, yeah, that's the problem with calling it a, a PST, because if and when the government actually does bring in a PST, we're all going to be a little confused if we think that we already have one, because we don't. Well, well we all, it, it's a PST in everything but name. Okay, Saskatchewan has a PST, right? Yes, but certain things are exempt, whereas... No, but Saskatchewan has a PST. With, yes. Yeah, so when Ottawa imposes a carbon tax, Saskatchewan will have both a PST and a carbon tax, right? Well... At least Brad Wall, I think, has the, no, has but the intestinal Is that true or is that false? To go pound sand. Is that true They've or is that false? they sequestration at Boundary Dam. And there's also that thing that the only thing that uh, our, our present prime minister's father ever did right, there's something called the notwithstanding clause, which can tell the federal government to go, go pound sand. Okay. All right, Doug, you didn't quite answer the question, but I appreciate the phone call. Yes, Saskatchewan has a PST. Saskatchewan could also have a carbon tax. They are not mutually exclusive. They are not the same thing. They are both taxes, and so are property taxes, income taxes, corporate taxes, etc. Uh, anyway, we got to take a break here. we got a lot more still to come. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.